I'm Matt Keller, Editor-in-Chief of GoingDeepSports.com. Really excited today. Welcome back to the NFL Podcast. I'm lucky to have the true NFL expert of GoingDeepSports.com, Colin Dawson, back in the podcast studio. I know you've been busy. I know it's been a busy fall for you, but you're back in the NFL swing of things, and we're ready to go. Welcome. How's it going? Good. So what do we think of the NFL? I got a bunch of things we're going to get into, a bunch of things to hit, but any just brief impressions of the NFL season so far. It's gone about as we expected. There's been some surprises there's, that we'll get to. There's some surprises that I definitely didn't see coming, but some of the people are exactly who we thought they were. The Patriots, um, the Packers, Rodgers, Brady. We're going to talk about Rodgers and Brady a little bit, but let's just get out of the way now. They're the best. They're the two biggest contenders for MVP. They're doing things that we've rarely seen on a football field in terms of winning and statistics. And if you had a game tomorrow, you'd want one of them to lead our team. Can we agree on both of those? Yeah, for sure. Okay. I mean, so, no... so let's get beyond them. I want to hop into your non-Brady and Rodgers division MVP through three games. Who's your top three? So Rodgers and Brady don't count. We uh... Everyone gets that they're the best. Yeah, and we get that QB is the most important position. Non-Rodgers and Brady, who's your MVP through the first three? For the... Who's your top three MVPs through the first two games? Got to start with Gronk because he's been just a monster. They didn't even like cover him against Pittsburgh. I don't, I don't get that. Can you ex- so you know X's knows better than anyone I know? Can you explain to me why even someone like Rex Ryan wouldn't cover him? It's not. It's just hard to cover him. It's who do you put on? Do you put a like a corner? Do you put a safety? Why don't do you, you put, put both and let anyone else beat you? Let Dobson yeah. beat you. Even let Edelman beat you. Yeah. Yeah. So I think they just have a lot of problems with that. Do you think Edelman is better than Wes Welker was at his prime now? Would you take Edelman now or Welker in 07? Uh, I would take Edelman now because he's doing it without that top taken off of the defense with Randy. Like, you know, Randy Moss made that whole offense work a lot better just because you could you had to have your safeties very deep so, to cover it. Okay, so speaking of that, there's a argument going around in Boston sports media right now. This is a national podcast, but... We live in New England, so I'll hit on it. Led by the Randy Moss hater, Mike Felger, who has an irrational hatred of Moss. We said we'd rather take Edelman than Welker in 07. The other argument is this. Would you rather take 07 Moss or Gronk now, assuming Gronk stays healthy for the year? If you're the Patriots, which one would you rather have? He says that the talent's similar, but Gronk steps up in playoff games more. He's He, he thinks that A... He just hates Moss because Moss is a me-first guy, which I think is overrated. We easily could have won that Super Bowl if Wes Welker held on to that catch. Yeah, or if uh, Ellis Hobbs didn't exactly. suck at covering. So, Or I think the Welker catch was in the next Super Bowl. Anyway, sorry, if the helmet catch doesn't happen, we win. Yeah. So that I, I throw that aside because we obviously went undefeated with him as a me-first guy. But his other thought is that Gronk is harder to take away. Moss, you can double-team basically and take away, like they did in the AFC Championship in the Super Bowl, whereas Gronk, it's almost impossible to do that. What say you? Um, I think he's underrating Randy Moss, but I still might end up going with Gronk because he provides a lot in the sense that he can block, too, basically like a tackle. That's the main argument, I think. He's probably the best blocking tight end yeah, in the league. He's a real Swiss Army knife kind of player. Where, actually... Now that I think about it, Randy Moss also makes the running game easier. 
Because Takes two you, guys every play now. Yeah, there's no safety in the box with Randy Moss, and a lot of times they're going to have to figure out a way to get some extra speed on the field too, so they might even have to go nickel just having him out there. Okay, who's your next two MVPs through the first two games? Uh, probably Julio. Julio Jones on okay. Atlanta is Beast. I just wrote an, an article animal. where I said, of all the guys in the NFL with high potential, he's pe- hitting it. The people who've fulfilled the most of it, the highest percentage of it, are Gronk and Julio. Yeah, he is. He's every bit as good, and he's pulling away from A.J. Green, I think, too. I think A.J. Green is a fraud. In college, A.J. Green, I think, was better. And now in in the pros, I think Julio's pulling away. I mean, he's, like, perfect for that Kyle Shanahan offense, too. Like, him and Roddy are still just such a great tandem. Talk about the Falcons, because they're one of our sleeper teams. We think, correct me if I'm wrong, I think of... Let me back up for a second. So we basically... The same teams we think can get to the Super Bowl. Obviously the Patriots, obviously the Steelers, obviously the Packers, obviously the Seahawks, and we both think the Cardinals. Outside of those teams, at least in the NFC, do you see the Falcons as being the next? They're one of the possible. They could sneak in. You wouldn't be surprised to see them in the NFC Championship, would you? Yeah, I mean, again, I think Kyle Shanahan is probably the best mind, offensive mind in football right now. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Okay, okay. I just want to back up there, reverse... What you just, can you say that again for the listeners at home who don't even fucking know who this guy is? So Mike Shanahan's son, Kyle Shanahan. Yep, wonder how he got the job. Is first. one of the most <laughs> underrated offensive minds in the country. Do you think and he's underrated because he's Shanahan's son and people see it as nepotism? That, and he doesn't always produce the most explosive offenses, but he's, take, he's taken a lot of offenses with very little talent mm-hmm. and made them look way better. Like? He made RG3 look, RG3 look like a pro quarterback. <laughs> starting to look like a pretty big good accomplishment now. Yeah, now everyone. But he was pre-injury too. Everyone was saying like, "Oh, the Shanahan's ruined RG three. No, they dumbed down the offense because they realized that the only way that RG three had any chance of success at that time was through a basic offense like that. The problem with Kyle Shanahan is he's supposed to be notoriously hard to work with, and he needs things to be his way, which is why. He found himself out of Cleveland. Well, is that is did he find himself out of Cleveland because of that, or because he saw that that organization? He didn't want to work with anyone there anymore. Well, yeah, but I'm saying yeah. I don't hold that against him because besides either. Desmond Bryant, my boy, that organization is a dumpster fire. And he was pissed off about the Johnny Manziel pick, apparently. Wouldn't let's talk about Manziel. I mean, he's like, why are you giving me this quarterback? Now, yes or no question: Are have you joined the Manziel bandwagon in? response to week two. Yeah, not at all. Any chance he's going to be a good quarterback in this NFL? There's a chance. Week, week more of a out. chance than I expected there to be, but we'll see once there's some game film on him how he plays. Okay, let's talk about other quarterbacks who were drafted that year. Bortles? Still up in the air? Still up totally, in the air. Has a chance. I'd say I'd give him like a 35% chance of being a good quarterback. Yeah, that, that, this is not the Jaguars team of two years ago that was just hapless all the time. There's there's some good things going on there. They fight. Gus Bradley fights. Yeah, they're not gonna. I mean, they're not gonna beat the Patriots this week. There's a much there's much more kick to them. Okay, so he's still up in the air. He has the tools, but not the mental, and we're not sure if he has the tools around them. And blah 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 blah. blah right? Yeah. Now let's slow down for a second. We're jumping all over the board, and we'll come back to Shanahan in a second. But talk about Derek Carr. Derek Carr. 
I think is really starting to set himself apart, and you could see how hard he's been working all off season. How so? Like what? When you say you can see how hard he's been working off season, I mean, I assume NFL players work hard in the off season, but what do you see specifically? He's gotten a lot better at progressing through his reads. He doesn't look as panicked anymore. He's he's more comfortable. Last year, he did a lot of short throwing because he was, you know, he kind of checked down a lot of the yeah. time. He's getting a lot more aggressive using that arm that he's got there. He's got like a just like the his older brother. He's got a cannon attached to his arm. He does. So he has a Jay Cutler style arm. Would you say? Yeah. Okay. Except a quicker release. Wow, because Cutler's got a pretty quick release. Yeah. Well, he's not as strong as Cutler's. It's got maybe more zip on the intermediate ball. Intermediate ball is really what matters in the pros. Tom Brady still can't throw a deep ball. He hasn't been able to throw one since 08. Best intermediate passer I've ever seen is Tom Brady. Yeah. But he's starting to grow as a passer in general. Okay, so when you say progressing in his reads in the first year, maybe he did first or maybe second. Yeah. He's going, he's doing his check downs, he's doing it all right. Third read. Yeah, he's not going from first to check down anymore or anything like that. How's their line out there? Uh... Better than we expected. Okay. But still Giving not. him some time to throw. Yeah, and he's also, that's what gives the most underrated feat, is that he operated out of a five-wide set all the time in college, so everyone thought he was being his brother, like always running backwards and stuff like that. But in a five-wide set, it's very hard on a quarterback, surprisingly, if you're doing that as your primary uh, set all the time. How so? Like, hard to respect. defensive linemen are just coming right for oh, you. Okay, there's no yeah. line, there's no... Running back to chip block and go out. There's no tight end to chip block and go out. So you have to be good at getting rid of the ball quickly. you got to be quick, and you got to know how to operate within the pocket. Okay. Not to come back to the same people all again, but look at Rodgers and Brady. Look how comfortable they are operating on a five-wide set. small where they make a six-inch they they move yep. that stops the difference between extending the play and getting sacked and keeps the pocket intact. Yep. And it's like, obviously, Rodgers is more mobile than Brady. Rodgers is like half Brady, half Russell Wilson. But Brady inside that small box, you can see that he was a catcher in high school who, who got drafted by Major League Baseball. Like He's got the feet. He's got the foot shuffling inside the pocket. Yeah. The only way to disrupt Brady is to rush him up the middle, in my opinion. That's the, that's the hardest thing for any quarterback is Yeah, but Brady specifically because he can't get outside and run. Yeah. But he can – but – The pocket. All you need is a tackle who can form a pocket. They don't even have to be a very good tackle. They don't have to neutralize the guy. Just pop – make him go around. And that's Solder's problem sometimes is he lets people spin back in on him. That's the you can't you can't give up the inside. No, you have to work with the left guard. Mankins covered for a lot of his issues because Mankins would say, "Look, I got this." Yeah. You just anyway back to Carr. <clears throat> so you see Amari Cooper is a stud, obviously, right? Amari Cooper, yeah. Anything and he looks seen, super comfortable with him. Anything you've seen that dissuades you from thinking Amari Cooper is going to be an All Pro wide receiver? Not at all. Okay. He, he is who we thought he was, I think. If you could choose receiver for the next five years, how many guys would you take above Amari Cooper? Julio, for sure. Okay. Antonio Brown. Odell? Odell, yeah. And might be it? Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, take, take, AJ Sam- I wouldn't take Sammy Watkins. Nope. Uh, I wouldn't take... Emmanuel <clears throat> Sanders, I don't think. I think he's a great wide receiver. I don't think he's as good as Amari. He's not such a complete prospect. Yeah. Amari reminds me of Antonio Brown. Uh, Slightly bigger. Bigger, yeah. He's more of a complete receiver in a lot of sense. But actually, I think Antonio Brown's a complete receiver. Yeah, yeah. He's he's misleading to look at, but when he plays, he's a very Well, complete. how big is he? Like 5'11", 180? So that's considered... Yeah. No, he's a little bigger than that, isn't he? He's bigger than Welker, I thought. 
I mean, yeah, he's, like, he's, no, not he's bigger tiny. than Edelman. He's bigger than Edelman. He's just, not much, I guess. Yeah, he's he's just a superb route runner. He reminds me of Jerry Rice. He can I hate play. To say he it. can play the outside, which is a big thing for a small guy. I know. I know it's sacrilege to say, but Antonio Brown reminds me of watching Jerry Rice. He gets open in really small spaces and almost never drops yeah. throws, and can play in the slot or outside. Whatever, sacrilege to say, but yeah, it's whatever. Yeah. Um, so Cooper is like a bigger version of Antonio Brown almost. Yeah, he's just so complete. Like, he's possession, but also a threat to score all the time. Okay. Now, <clears throat> just to wrap up, Shanahan, Manziel. Manziel, why is it that he doesn't have it? Is it because of the off-field or on the field? Obviously, off the field doesn't both. help. Yeah, <laughs> it's both. Uh, like, just yeah, being I a donkey. don't see him going through reads that much. Travis Benjamin's getting wide open right now. He's... So he's good at throwing a deep ball. That's what you're saying. You could throw it, yeah, to an open receiver. Like I don't, I don't maybe trust him get fighting up contested catches. Like I don't want him throwing those yet. So it's like he can do the one thing that Tom Brady is bad at, but everything Tom Brady is good at, he can't. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah, there's so much missing from him. I think he's gonna get his head ripped off on a running play one time by not being smart. Yeah. And I there's will- also the whole, the whole. He's got such a target on him. Everyone, Everyone wants to him. hurt him. Yeah. Yep. Which, I mean, it's unfair to say, but that's going to, I think, he's going to get sacked in a much harder way than a lot of people will. The one thing I would say about him is that for the first time last week, I could even allow myself to imagine the possibility that he could be good in the pros. Like, when he was rolling out on those passes, I was like, could he be, I know the attitude is different, but could he be a Russell Wilson type? I don't think he has that ceiling at all. You don't? No, I think... I mean, once what is Russell Wilson's ceiling? That's a good question that we've that we've been taking a harder look at you and I when we've been he, breaking down the he tape. He can still be great, like absolutely elite great. But. He was good at times during that Green Bay game. Yeah. Let me throw a stat at you and tell me what the first thing you hear is when say this. He's two and eight against teams that scored more than twenty four points, and twenty four points is the league average. Not against Seattle's defense, but just the league average. He's two and eight against those teams, yeah. including the Super Bowl. What does that say to you? Is it relevant or not? I think so, for sure. And, you know, you're going to hear this, oh, he doesn't have weapons. Well, they went out, they got him, Jimmy Graham. They said he didn't have weapons. Golden Tate went on to be a monster in Detroit. So we saw that Russell Wilson was actually holding back Golden Tate, it looked like. Do you ever heard what Jimmy Graham is leaking out there? What? Hates the offense, hates his role, regrets going there. Really? Doesn't like the locker room. I'm, I'm, I'm extrapolating a little bit from, from one story. But there's a strong sense out there that's been breaking this morning. I think Sports Illustrated and Sporting News had it that he is unhappy with the situation out there. I don't blame him. He's he said he's used to running precise routes and the ball being there, and now he's had to develop this kind of backyard style of play that he's uncomfortable with. Daryl Bevel is definitely not the best offensive coordinator in the NFL. How do you think he holds them back? I don't know if he holds them back. I think he's actually a pretty decent one in some set like aspects. But he's just like a decent one. Like he's gonna do what he does, and that's it. I think he was great for uh, learning for Russell Wilson early on. I think he really knows how to utilize Marshawn Lynch. I think they'd be screwed without Lynch. Without Lynch, that team is gonna go very downhill. I see them as like, okay. Well, there's another factor that comes into play here. Breaking news. We're breaking it live on the podcast. You'll already have heard about it by the time you listen to this podcast, most likely. But if you're listening to this, you haven't been around today so far. 
Cam Chancellor is coming back with or without a contract. He's going to return to the team, and they're going to negotiate in good faith, or at least that's the word. I doubt they're going to... Why would they fold now if they wouldn't fold before the team? Yeah. He's only fighting for 900000 anyway. Now, in these situations, you always have to consider maybe he needed the money. But that's an unfair thing to say because maybe he's got millions in the bank. I don't know. To me, he seems like a guy who's very unhappy with it when he's not hitting people on a football field. Yeah. And he probably just said, fuck it. The average career is six years or whatever. Especially three when years. such a hitter. Like, but for someone like who's a starter like him, the average career is probably only six, seven years. Are you really going to throw one away for $900,000 when you're already rich? Yeah, right. I, I'm sure someone just got And he sees answer. that team struggling, and I'm sure there's like He a, wants to be the hero to yeah. come back. He knows that if he comes back and they end up winning the Super Bowl and he turned the season That's around. That's the story. He's getting paid either way. He'll get paid. Imagine the money. I'm sure there's some kind of, un, I'm sure there's some kind of light agreement to something like that. All right, like you come back, you save us, we'll, we'll work. Something yeah, you out. know, it reminds me of Emmett Smith. Held out, uh, you know, you were probably a toddler at this point, but he held out the first two games in the 93 season. And the Cowboys went 0-2, and, and then he came back, and they stomped the league and won the Super Bowl. Okay. I want to stay in Seattle for a second. We have chance With Chancellor coming back, do you see them as a contender? How far do you see them going? Do you see them winning that division? Do you see them being a Super Bowl contender? Or is the storyline that I mentioned a couple weeks ago with the minister on a podcast, I said, is this the end of the Pete Carroll regime starting right now? A lot of people assume he has four or five years left because of Wilson's age and that team and everything. Yeah. Is Pete Carroll starting to burn himself out already with these decisions and the team splintering and people wanting to get paid and Wilson being possibly overrated? That's uh-huh. a long way of saying where does Seattle stand right now and which direction I are think they they're going to slot they're going to regress towards the mean, like towards the mean I think. I don't think they're going to be this dominant overwhelming team all the time like they have been. I think they're going to be more of a 10 and 6 team. A lot okay. of the time. Just lost too many guys or what? Too many guys. They're going to lose more guys. They're going to lose Lynch soon. The wheels are going to fall off. He's getting up there in age. He can only go so much longer. And, yeah, he's putting a lot of wear and tear on his body. And I think it's him. I don't think it's the O-line getting huge. The O-line is not very good. No, I think it's him. Not. Yeah. It's not like he's... DeMarco Murray was a guy who was running through huge holes and was just a big guy who could run. Lynch no, is like you doing... You get hit in the backfield and throw people off. Yeah. Which makes, I know I talk about this a lot, but that makes Dante Hightower's tackle the second-to-last play of that defensive stand even more impressive. He threw Russell Okung off him, and then he tackled Lynch with one shoulder at the one-yard line when he yeah. had, like, if you look at it from the roof view, it was open. It was wide open for Lynch. He was in that end zone, and Hightower just came across And What do you think of Hightower? I know we're hopping around here, but... We were talking about on the podcast the other day. I see him as one of the top five middle linebackers in the league. He's a good thumper. Yeah, but he's but he can get to the passer a little bit too. Yeah. And he's a bit, he's a real thumper who can move. Yeah. I put him behind Keekley, I put him behind Bobby Wagner, I put him probably behind Thomas Davis. Um As far as linebackers go. I mean, he's more of a thumper than a lot of those guys. Yeah. Wagner can do it all in my opinion. Yeah, Wagner's pretty good. He can thump and cover. He's like Hightower and Levante David into one. It's a shame that uh, Daryl Washington has all those problems in Arizona. What Imagine problem? how scary Arizona would be if he was... What are his problems? Uh, he keeps getting... I think it was like performance-enhancing drugs and then regular oh. drugs. And... Eh, who cares? <laughs> 
Well, he keeps getting suspended. So okay, well, but he's probably the best I've ever seen at getting a gap pressure as a like a as an inside linebacker. I love when Hightower and Collins get a gap pressure for the Pats. Yeah. So Seattle, but this year, do you see them regressing to that ten and six, or do you see them being a Super Bowl contender, or both? Both. Okay. Once they're once you're in the playoffs, anything can happen. But on the road, I don't think they can do it in Green Bay unless something changes. Yeah. But you never know. Rodgers could get hurt. Cobb could get hurt. Um, they also got such a next man up mentality. Too, Devontae Adams could get hurt. Devontae Adams, but that Jeff Janis, their rookie, looked like looked like a monster. Okay. In uh, in the preseason, they got James Jones back. He's good. He's like the funniest wide receiver because he gets cut from these other teams because no one trusts him the way Rodgers does. James Jones can't separate. Basically, if you want to throw the ball to James Jones, you just throw the ball to James Jones. And he catches it. And he's going to catch it probably, even in the red zone with like a guy stuck to him. He can't separate. He's like Anquan Bolden like in the later years of his career. He's not open, but he's going to catch the ball. Okay. I want to talk about someone who does get open, and so far he's been catching the ball, and we were both high on him. Tyler Walkett from Kansas State. Return to kick for a touchdown. He hasn't got a ton of catches in that Seattle offense, but he looks like something. Is that a much needed addition to their offense? Because I think their receivers suck. But who knows? Like you said, Golden Tate went on to be good. Yeah. Golden Tate was by far the best one he had for a while. They're not too. hitting Graham. I think they need Lockett. I think he needs to be what Lockett needs to be is his Edelman, his safety blanket, the guy that he can pass to when he's under pressure and he's running around and he's playing mm-hmm. backyard football. There's not too many guys I'd rather play backyard football with than. Wilson and Walker. Yeah. yeah, he's good. He's very shifty and very quick. Okay, let's get to some more topics here. Um, real quick, the Rams, they just play Seattle well at home, right? They're not They're not contenders. They're pretenders. Who knows? Like, that team is They so lost hard. to Washington on the road and cost me money on my parlay, so I'm pretty yeah, down on them. It's a Jeff Fisher team. Can Jeff we talk Fisher- about Jeff Fisher? I think he's one of the most overrated coaches in North American sports. He has this... Reputation for being on the competition committee and being a tough guy and a football guy and I have a mustache and I'll kick your ass and I'm a nice. disciplinarian. When's the last time he sniffed a Super Bowl? When's the last time he wasn't seven and nine? <laughs> like, so you agree with me? Yeah, no, like, he he can he did good for getting that team from being the laughing stock that it was for a long time, and now they're a scary team a lot of the time. But they need to move on, I think. Okay, I want to go back up to my. MVPs through two games, non-Brady and Rodgers division. Gronk, Antonio Brown, even though they're one and one it's hard to beat New England at New England opening yeah. night, Brady coming off, blah, 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 injuries. And then my last guy would be Revis. Everyone who listens to this podcast knows I'm a big Revis guy and pissed the Patriots, let him go, but it's pretty hard to argue with how he's played for the Jets. He, they, was, he was nuts in that Monday night game. Uh, can you talk about... Obviously, you got the fumbles and the interception, and we know about that. But can you talk about what he allows them to do on defense just for the average fan who's not necessarily breaking down these tapes? He just shuts down whoever's in the cross room. Like he, and then what's the trickle-down effect from that? Is that by having a cornerback who can do one, you can roll your safeties, you can blitz your safeties, you can have your safety double on the other side, and you have Cromartie, who's still very... So you take Revis on one side, it's completely shut down. And then your safety doesn't have to help with him, so your yeah, safety you can, can your help safety Cromartie. Can roll over. You could double with Cromartie, which lets Cromartie be Cromartie. And that's natural risk taker. And then you essentially have two shutdown corners, right? And then in the slot, you have Buster Screen, who's, who's good. About he as good. good of a slot corner as you're going to find in the NFL. 
he is a monster in the slot. And he's, like, so small, but he's willing to come up and, like, yeah. lay some wood. He's – that defense is scary. Yeah. That, they're like the Pats secondary, except Pats didn't have Buster Screen. But yeah. what they did have was Browner, who's very similar to Cromartie. And they had Browner and McCourty on one side and Revis on the other. And it was like your two top receivers were done. And Calvin Pryor's looking to come in on strong, it looks like. He'll come in and lay the wood, and he's gotten much better in coverage. Talk about the three-headed defensive monster on the defensive line. Oh. oh well, uh, when, Richardson's not back yet. Mr. Drag Racing at 110 miles an hour, smoking weed with his 10-year-old kid in the car. Hey, got nothing with drag racing at 110 miles an hour, smoking weed. Just leave your kid at home. Yeah. I mean, it's a residential neighborhood, but, hey, these things happen. I'm just yeah. kidding. But Wilkerson? Leonard Williams was, wow. How'd he look? He looked just as good as he was advertised to be. He was in the backfield the whole time. So, so then again, all of the Jets were in the backfield the whole time. I think the I think I think the bottle boy for the Jets almost got a sack. Like he got a pressure. Okay, on, we're we're hopping around work. quickly here, but I like it. There's so much to talk about. It's our first podcast in a while. This is Matt Keller, editor in chief of GoingDeepSports.com. I am with Colin Dawson, NFL expert. We've been breaking down game film the past couple of days over the first couple of weeks, and there's so much to talk about. So we are hopping around quickly. We're talking about the Jets, we're talking about their defense, but there's no way you can talk about that on Monday night without flipping around to the other side. And this goes back to Russell Wilson. Let's talk about Andrew Luck, because I think that he's in great danger. I agree with Mike Barbagallo, the gambling columnist on GoingDeepSports.com, is he's in danger of being permanently overrated. He has all the tools, so no one's ever going to... He's always going to be highly rated because he has all the tools. He's Peyton Manning with Russell Wilson's mobility. He is a linebacker with a howitzer on his arm and a Nobel laureate mind. I mean, I'm being a bit facetious here, but he has... There's nothing he doesn't have. He's John Elway. Okay, but... (laughs) He's who John Elway was. Including the downfield interceptions, you're saying, and including the bad offensive line. Bad offensive line. I think this year's put up, shut up. If they finish eight and eight, and he has as, nearly as many interceptions as uh, TDs, I doubt. I doubt whether he's ever going to join that elite level. Going into this year, people were talking about him like he was a hair under Brady and Rodgers. That I don't. Those two have distinguished themselves so clearly as the best in the game and possibly the best ever. Yeah, old people are probably going to freak out over that. Like, oh, 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 oh. two no, best John, I've ever seen. There's no Johnny Unitas for the no Dan Dan Marino. Like, okay, stop. Give me a break with Dan Marino. I mean, Dan Marino is good, but he's like Peyton Manning to me. He sucked in the court in the playoffs. Yeah, when you're playing the best, you don't get bonus points for beating up on bad competition. Yeah, Peyton Manning and Dan Marino were both great throwers. Here's the thing about Luck, though. He's supposed to have all the tools. Tell me what you're seeing out there. Tell he's, me if you agree with me. Tell me if you think – I mean, just give me your – He's hard to your, get a read on because he's just constantly trying to do too much, it seems like. But isn't that his fault at a certain point? Or do you blame it on his teammates and coaches? He's the only quarterback or one of the only – I think one of two in the in the NFL who's actually won a game when his defense has given up 40-plus points. Even Rodgers and, and Brady haven't been able to do that yet. So there's like a certain something to it. But sooner or later, those downfield picks need to stop. Because those are bad. And we At need what to see point do you start better. holding it against him when they get a good I'm line? starting to hold it against okay. him. But that, the Monday night game I don't think was uh, truly indicative of it because there was a free rusher all the time at him. Okay. That now, close line was way over and uh, it was way overmatched. Pep Hamilton was completely outcoached, I think, their offensive coordinator. By Bulls? Yeah. 
Bowles is could Bowles be the second best coach in the AFC East? Are you a Rex Ryan? I'm guy? a Rex Ryan fan. It's, as a D coordinator or a coach? Yeah, his defensive mind is great. We we've yet to see how he is as a head coach. Really, what he does have is a great offensive coordinator. One of the most underrated offensive coordinators. Chan Gailey? Chan Gailey. One of the most now we're talking about the Jets, Bulls. Yeah, Because yeah. I think Bulls has a chance to be Rex Ryan, but actually a good CEO. I think yeah. he's got a chance to be just as good as defensively as Rex Ryan. He's got a better defense. Anyone with Revis and Muhammad Wilkerson and Demario Buster Davis, Screen and Buster Screen, Antonio, Antonio Cromartie and Leonard Williams Calvin, uh, and uh, Sheldon Lampire. Richardson. and That whole team is stacked. They still have David Harris. I think so, yeah. Yeah, so they're kind of starting to fall off, but but yeah, Demario Davis is pretty good too. Instead, so but do you hold the first game against Luck? Yes. Okay, he's just that's also a very good defense too. But but still, to be a great, you have to beat good defenses. I didn't see Brady struggling too much against that defense. Four hundred sixty-six yards. His weapons are like shut down. It seems like lately. That last game was brutal. No one was open ever. He was forcing was Philip Dorsett an awful first-round pick for that team? It's looking like it. Dante Moncrief, Moncrief was good, though. T.Y. Hilton's hurt. Yeah. Kobe Fleener was... He's had, like, what, three good games in his career? Yeah, Dwayne Allen turned out to be the better one. What's wrong with his offensive line besides the fact that they suck? <laughs> That's pretty much it. Yeah. And I mean, you don't think Pepe Hamilton... You how, think- how old is Todd Harriman's? He's, like, 30-something. He was never good. I mean, he was always good. That you know, so what do you that th- long not being good, but the the so clearly Pagano and Ryan Grigson hate each other's guts, and Pagano starting to get pissed at Andrew Luck. I think he threw a shot at his intelligence the other day. He was saying like almost like he's too like he's supposed to be so smart, but he's throwing. He said something like, "We can't all be economists or yeah or Nobel laureate." I mean, Luck was an architecture major at Stanford, but you get the point. I think he was throwing some fire his way, but he's clearly pissed at Grigson. It's got to be. How he put together the O line, right? What what is Griggs? I don't know what he's doing ever. Losing that first round pick hurt them a lot. I think that they traded for Trent Richardson. Yeah. Don't say lost. They traded for Trent Richardson. No, they lost it. They <laughs> lost it. It just disappeared one day. I'm sure Pagano was pissed. I'd almost that. rather be the Patriots and get it taken away than actually have to pay Trent Richardson and have him on the team. <laughs> Trent Richardson is the worst running back I have ever seen play football. And he was top five pick in the NFL. He was bad. What do you think of Derrick Henry? Do you think he'll be more like Eddie Lacy or more like Trent Richardson? Probably more like Eddie Lacy. Eddie Lacy is exactly what everyone expected Trent Richardson to be. And Eddie Lacy's bigger. Yeah. People thought Richardson was going to be like fast. Ingram turned out to suck, but I, I, thought, I saw Ingram's that coming. come on later. Okay. Derrick Henry could be good. Yeah. Well, do running backs even matter anymore? That's my question. I think so. There's a place for them. I mean, Marshawn Lynch okay, is the lifeline. Take him away. I know that's hard to do. AP is a little different now. Frank Gore for a while was what made those San Francisco teams go. Okay, so basically if you have a thumping, aggressive defense who can also, and a young quarterback. And you need a running back who can catch out of the backfield and block. That changes everything. Okay. I tend to disagree with you. I mean, for someone like... Because you don't have to, you don't have to tip your hat. You don't have to bring in a third down. Like you don't have to bring in a pass blocking running back. You don't have to bring in a pass catching scat okay. back. All that stuff is tipping off what you're doing. Okay. Well, I tend to think it doesn't matter as much. But to your point, then the Patriots have found a nice little gem in Dion Lewis. 
Yeah, he looked pretty good. Because he can go third down, he can go first down, and he can block a little bit out of the backfield. He picked up Jerry Hughes and those guys in a couple plays last week. Anyway, I know I keep going back to the Patriots. Who in this league for the first two games is stealing their salary? And Sue. Okay. It's just... Now is this because of the freelancing thing, or just he's not producing? Because I don't he's think they producing. I don't think they give a shit pressure. if he freelances if he produces. Yeah. Do you? Yeah, sure. I mean, unless he's screwing up the system, but yeah, he's not like he's not getting any produ- production. He's not even getting penetration. Now, when he's at his best, what is he all about on a down-to-down basis? Is he like a poor man's JJ Watt, just creating no. pressure? Because J.J. Watts will push you back a lot of the time. Okay. A lot of times, Sue will shoot a gap. Mm. He's very, very quick on his first step. Okay. And he's just and not he's also that? powerful. He could fight off a double team. There's so, I don't know what he's doing. I don't like, Maybe he's getting double teamed the whole time. You're just He's not showing up. And it's not like Jacksonville has the Cowboys offensive line. Yeah. Like, yeah. like he's, He has three tackles on the year. Um, I'll be dogging. In, I'll be interested to see what he does against the Patriots because they have – an interior three that's basically all untested first or second year players or journeymen. They're scared either way. Yeah, and if he can't beat them up, then there's then a he's serious. Hainsworth. Yeah, then he's and I wouldn't good. have thought that because he seems like a good guy. I know he's a smart guy. He donated like two million dollars to University of Nebraska. He's got a bunch of good investments in Michigan, and he seems like a fairly. He's got a good head on his shoulders. I don't yeah. know if I'd call him a good guy. Well, okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the people that he stomped on might disagree. And that, like, old lady that he, like, like chased down with, like, road rage. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Head on, Good head on your shoulders and being a good guy is not the same thing. Yeah. Ray Lewis has a good head on his shoulders. May have killed two people. May. Yeah. May, allegedly. Yeah. Yeah, it is. I mean, it is allegedly. It's not an Aaron Hernandez situation. Aaron Hernandez did kill somebody. And he does not have a good head on his shoulders. No. Okay. So Sue, you think, is in danger of Hainsworth major bus territory. What about New Orleans? Are we in dumpster fire territory there? Like, could this be the end of Sean Payton in New Orleans? I think it could be his last year. I think Breeze could be out in two years. I think this could be major rebuild. The owners are going senile, about to die. There's lawsuits about who's going to inherit the team. I think this could be major dumpster fire. They're approaching back to being the Saints, who the Saints are. The Aints. Yeah. Brown paper bag over the head. Pre-Katrina. Get Aaron Brooks back in there. Yeah. Is is Breeze done? I think he's on. He's declining faster than we expected him to. And also, they like gave away his weapons. Like they just gave them away. Like, oh yeah, no, no, we don't need to. To what? Jimmy build Grant. for the future when you have a thirty-six-year-old quarterback? I never understood that. Yeah, they're like, I get the idea of a cent having a really good center because Sean Payton puts a lot of emphasis on interior line against tackles. But stuff. why trade the second best receiving tight end in the league for a center when you could draft one in the second round? The idea was they're going to start spreading the ball around more, and becoming less one-dimensional. But we'll, we did your receivers suck. Then you can get a decent center in the fourth round, Brian Stork last year for the Patriots. Yeah. Who knows? That the whole team is a mess. But you don't you don't see them turning it around this year. I don't. Okay. They they of the teams that are surprisingly owned to, they seem the ones who just took that turn for the worse. Yep. Everyone had them in the suicide pool against Tampa Bay. I had them in a money line parlay. They fucked us all. Let's hop over to the other side of that game. The QB on the other team played like a veteran, I thought, Jameis Winston. He looked like a guy who knew exactly what to do, not to give the game away. 
thing that worries about me about him is not his off-field stuff. I know everyone's worried about that. A lot of it's driven by race, although he does have a history. But people aren't sitting around worrying about Ben Roethlisberger's off-field stuff. The guy's a complete scumbag. What worries me about Winston is thinking he can make throws that he can't. That's what worries me the most. And it's the same thing that worries me about Luck. As a player, Winston reminds me of Luck. Kind of like a Luck, Big Ben. And that's what worries me about Big Ben. Now, Big Ben is on fire right now. Big Ben, I think, is the most underrated quarterback in the NFL. I agree with you. I agree with you. He is absurd. I think he's a hair below Brady and Roger. Not a hair, but a finger. He's distinguishing himself. As the third best quarterback in the league. He's eclipsed Manning. Yeah, and I think I think even I put Palmer over Manning right now. Carson wow. Palmer's finally living up to what we wanted Carson Palmer to be. That's through two games. Let me read you his stats. Well, last year he was very good too before, he, before got he got injured. Yeah. Let me read you his stats: two hundred and fifty yards per game, sixty-five percent passing, seven TDs, one interception, hundred twenty-four rating through two games with a monster defense. You're a Chicago Bears fan. You know the team like the back of your hand. Tell me what happened in that game. Was it bad luck? Was it Cutler playing bad? Or was it lack of Ari- talent? But but how good was Arizona? Is what my question very, is. Very very good. That team dominates on like all sides of the ball. Give me just an overview of what made them so good in in that game or overall. Pressure coverage. I mean, Patrick Peterson's a huge talent. Who is he overrated? He was or not? so raw early on, and he's becoming such a better cornerback. Just throughout time. Can he stick with people, or is he just a good athlete? He can stick with people. Now. He's technique. gotten good, yeah. Okay, like and a then, Joe Hayden. Where would you put him on the list of um, Under Joe Hayden. Under Sherman, under Revis. Yeah. Like fifth? Yeah, somewhere around like uh, some of the younger guys. What about Honey Badger? He's he's all over the place. He's good? I'm surprised his game translated as well as it has. He, he's reminds, such a great he reminds me of a poor man's tool. Earl Thomas. No, because he plays in the box more. He makes a lot more splash plays. But he's small. Yeah. Earl Thomas plays single high all the time. Earl Thomas is deep. He's going back like that. Yeah. He's almost like a poor man's Troy Palomalu or like... Earl Thomas? Or uh, Honey Badger. Yeah. He's like a poor man's Troy Palomalu. Yeah, in a sense, because one, he's going to come up... He can still lay the... like. He can. I wouldn't say lay the wood, but he'll tackle. Was he like 5'10", 190? Yeah. I guess you just but have he to be But he can fearless. still tackle, yeah. He's diving through like a missile. Yep. You get guys that he's size. All over the place. He's playing in the box. He could play corner, like slot corner. He could cover number one receivers if they want him to. But you really want to let him play in like a kind of robber. How many plays does he play? Almost every play for them defensively? I think so, yeah. I haven't gotten the actual snap counts, but. But he was on the field. He's a monster, a yeah. yeah. Okay. That whole team is very good. As long as they could avoid that. Remember, they had a catastrophic injury bug last year. And that's the only thing that's mostly at quarterback. Quarterback, they lost a lot of their defense, too. Now, do they have the offensive weapons to hold it together? Larry Fitzgerald's looking good. He's ageless, huh? He must... Well, it looked like he was showing age, but he was a monster. He's forgotten about. With his, I don't think he's ever been bad with a good quarterback. Yeah. What he's, about the kid uh, John from Pittsburgh Brown? State? Yeah, John Brown. Uh, he's great. I love him. He's hilarious to watch, too, because he's a little... Got a little shake to him. And then their offensive line's good enough. Who's the guy they took seventh in the offense on the first round? DJ Humphreys, right? Is it? Is that the guy they took seventh overall? Didn't they take a guard, maybe um, from Alabama? Yeah, it's, it's that's DJ right? Humphreys. Okay. I think so. Names all run together eventually. Yeah. Um, or was it Jonathan Cooper? That was the one. That was the guard out of North Carolina three years ago. Yeah. Same year of David DeCastro. 
From Stanford. Yeah. If the audience can't tell, we're draft we're draft next. We're gonna come back with the 2016 NFL draft preview, which we haven't done in a couple of months next week. Here Start on Going Deep ahead Sports.com. And talk about how we were very right about a certain thing. Jared everyone's Goff. Coming around, everyone's Goff. coming around to seeing that Jared Goff is the best quarterback. In okay, Cooper's the guy I was talking about. He's drafted seventh by the Cardinals. Okay. And he the, broke his leg the first year. Yeah. And he still hasn't come around really yet. He hasn't? Okay. That's the guy I was talking about. Um, he's on injured reserve again. Yeah. Yeah, he's looking like an injury bust. Okay. But their offensive line's good enough? It's good enough, yeah. And, I mean, again... Carson Palmer's playing good football right now. He's showing things that we haven't seen him do. He's moving in the pocket in ways. Moving in the pocket. Well, you know, six-inch shifts. Like a Brady move. Yeah, like that's what a quarterback should be doing in a pocket. Yeah. It's rare you get the guys who can go outside the pocket. We could talk a lot more about that when we do the, uh, the NFL Draft podcast for sure because that's the special thing about Jared Goff. But Moving in the pocket. Yeah, his his ability to maneuver the pocket. He's doing it like a veteran. Okay. But that's digressing. What I wanted to hit on next was um, Miami. You like Tannehill. Defend that. Why? And then I'll tell you why I don't like him. Tannehill? Because I'm not scared of him at all as a Patriots fan. He's finally getting some fan. weapons that he believes in. Jarvis Landry. Yep. Devontae Adams. Yeah, or yeah. Devontae Parker. Yep. Devontae Parker. They they're, really they're kick, growing, yeah. They really kicked Jacksonville's ass. They were really scary. I think they have too much money tied up in Sue, who you just said. Just, Sue, yeah. I don't that, think you can win like that. that. That defense is going to be the downfall of them. Joe Philbin maybe is like one of those guys that will get you to 9-7, and 7-9, seven, seven but... I think he's a major problem. They need more... I would rather have Todd Bowles than Joe Philbin already after yeah. two games. Uh, he needs a much... I think he needs a more dynamic... Offense, and then we would really sh- see Ryan Tannehill shine. But he's playing good. Okay, so you think with the right coach, he could be better? Yeah, I think he's being held back a lot by system. I think the problem there is the owner and the coach. I think it's very, very underrated to have a good owner in the NFL. Clearly we see it with the good teams. Pittsburgh, Green Bay, who's owned by the fans. New England. You see it by the bad teams, too. You see Dallas, who can't get over. Did you see the thing on Real Sports last night about Jerry Jones? They basically said, you're a bad GM, and you would have fired yourself by now. And he said, yep. And they said, well, does that mean? And he said, nope, I'll be here forever. <laughs> he just said he's going to be the GM forever until probably, he dies. You know how much fun he's probably having? He's playing Madden with real people. That's true. Don't you think he'd have more fun if he <laughs> Franchise won? mode. Maybe not. Maybe not. He fired Jimmy Johnson after two back-to-back Super Bowls. Yeah. That's such a legendary story. And then Barry Switzer came in. <laughs> Barry Switzer. Measuring his penis in the locker room. No, sorry, in, in a hotel suite. That's a story for a different time. Jerry Jones shit-faced at the owners' meetings, 3 a.m., drinking scotch with reporters, talking shit about Jimmy Johnson. Basically, one of them's like, well, it doesn't even sound like you like your own coach. Are you going to keep him? And he said, you know what? Fuck him. He's fired. And then they asked him the next morning. They said, Jerry, you fired Jimmy Johnson last night when you were shit-faced. He said, I'm standing by it. <laughs> Back-to-back Super Bowls. you got to be kidding me. It's kind of awesome, too, though. It is. It's legendary. But <laughs> Jimmy Johnson was one of the best coaches in the history of the sport, in my opinion. Yeah, he won on both levels. Yep. So you like Tannehill, but you don't mm-hmm. like the Dolphins. I mean, I think the owner messed up big time. I think they have a lot of potential to that team. 
But what's the owner doing having Gloria Estefan be an owner, Serena Williams, Dominican Sue? I am very suspicious of the Dominican Sue signing that he did it for publicity, not to win. Yeah, kind of like, uh, what's his name with the Jets? Woody Johnson. Yeah, he's a clown. Yeah, where he's doing a lot of things just to make more money. The, the only team. way would the Jets win is if he got lucky with this Bulls pick, and Bulls just is a good coach who picks the right quarterback because that defense is nasty. But in terms of the ownership, they're not doing much for him. And this guy, Stephen Ross, who went the Dolphins, you think he'd be a little smarter. You know he's the biggest real estate developer in all of Manhattan? That's uh, saying something. Yeah. It's worth like $5 billion. Doesn't mean he's good at football. Exactly. Exactly. But at least he did it rather than this dweeb in New York who just inherited the Johnson & Johnson fortune. Yeah. Um, at least he's better than Jimmy Haslam. <laughs> Everyone's better than Jimmy Haslam. What was that? Browns fans are trying to raise like a, like a few billion dollars to try to buy the team from Jimmy Haslam to get him out <laughs> of there. Is there a few billion dollars in Cleveland? <laughs> um, probably not, no. You know who is the, probably the best guy to buy that team or the most likely? It would be LeBron. It'll be a couple more years until he That'd retires. But he's probably worth a billion. There's no way he couldn't get an ownership group together because he knows everyone. You know what I mean? Get Nike doing that. I don't know if Nike's allowed to own a team, but yeah, I think LeBron would be their best bet. He's probably the richest guy in Ohio, one of them. That guy's a clown, Haslam. He got indicted for ripping off his own customers. He ended up paying a fine and getting out of it. And his brother's also the governor of Tennessee. I'm sure those weren't related. Yeah. Uh, he's texting down to the sideline during games. Anyway, I don't want to talk about that team. Yeah, the Browns, we've talked enough about yeah. how terrible they the are. The only thing I like about the Browns is watching Desmond Bryant play. I just feel so bad for the people of Cleveland. <laughs> they deserve so much better. Yeah, and then they get to the finals last year in the NBA, and their second and third best players get hurt. In the playoffs before the game, and they still almost win because they're the like Browns the most are. loyal fans in the world, especially the Cleveland Brown, like the Browns fans. Yep, they've stuck with that team through since like, Jim Brown. Yeah, what's going on in Philadelphia, Colin? Chip Kelly is playing franchise mode in Madden, and he's doing it like he thinks it's a fantasy draft where he could just take whoever he wants, get rid of whoever he wants. Correct me if I'm wrong, though. You were high on him last year. I was. Um, or you were skeptical? I was skeptical because okay. I still think with enough game film, we're going to start to figure out that offense, and it's starting to happen, it looks like. Now, what? why? What do you mean? Go go into details about what their like offense is. four total plays that he runs with different variations on them. It's either inside zone or a sweep run play. DeMarco Murray is not made to run those two plays from the shotgun. He's a downhill runner. He needs to be going out of like a pistol. And I think Chip is showing, despite being the most innovative coach, he's not adapting his offense, even though he's freaking sputtering along right now. He's not the most innovative coach, in my opinion. No. So, if you're only running four plays with variations, then what is the thing that's supposed to set you apart? Is it pace? Because I didn't see them paying much place against the Falcons. Pace is supposed to be it. It's supposed to be the idea that those four plays you're supposed to know so well. Because, you know, that's like the idea of, like, a Lovey Smith defense. You're supposed to just know the few plays so, so well. That you don't even have to think. The only team I've ever seen win with that is Seattle. and Because they had a monster defense two years ago. Yeah. And they should have won last year. They played strict cover three, the same shit every time. The only guy who really picked it apart was Brady. Rodgers a little bit. But they weren't really, like, confusing shit up. And on offense, it's different because defense is a reactive place. So Dallas knew what was coming in that game? Yeah, you can always – yeah, they they literally apparently knew the plays as they were happening because they're supposed – it seems like they might have certain tells. 
that are that are tipping them off. So you think Dallas was prepared when it came across the line? Yeah. Is Bradford good? He's worse than I thought. Okay. He always. I thought up, he'd be good for that offense. He looks like a scared teenager to me. You see the eyes popping out. In well, the it's also Chip Kelly got a little too smart for himself. He thought, well, I'm such an offensive genius. I'll trade it like I'll, you know, let go Evan Mathis. He thought Bradford was better than Foles. Yeah. I mean, everyone did pretty much. Foles though just is willing to take more shots, and that offense needs shots. Bradford's not willing to shoot downfield. We're able to bring a safety up. Bam! All of a sudden, the inside zone run and the sweep are gone. Why would they sign? Uh, the running back. Why would they sign him from Dallas if he's not the type of runner that they need? They got rid of LaShawn McCoy because they said he danced too much. And then they get a downhill runner and they yeah. have him doing horizontal run plays. I don't know. I don't understand. Is it because the line can't make a hole? Yeah. They they suck as a line, but also he's not. he doesn't have the right kind of burst and the kind of shake that you need for that. Okay. He needs to be going downhill. Yeah, behind a great offensive line. If I was Chip line. Kelly, I would be Chip Kelly. I would be moving into a pistol formation, letting him run downhill, see the line directly because you're you're kind of it's hard to see a line out of shotgun. You need to have like a special sense almost. And he was basically lining up behind Romo last year, Marco Murray, and just running behind road graders, Tyron Smith. Yeah. Um, Who's a kid from Wisconsin who's the center? They had the guard from Notre Dame, Zach Martin. Travis Frederick is the center. Yeah, they have a load of an offensive line. Yeah. That's the smartest thing Jerry Jones has ever done as a GM is spend a lot of first-round picks on their offensive line. And they're all young and cheap. Can Dallas stay in contention without Romo? With Brandon Whedon, the savior? Not contention. Definitely not contention. Well, what's their record going to be after week 8? They're 2-0 now. No, sorry, week 10. They're 2-0 now. What's the record going to be after week 10? I say they go 4-4. Four and four. So they're 6-4. and four. So they're basically the same as they always are. They'll be 9-7, and 10-6. Maybe they make the playoffs. They're yeah. not going to win the Super Bowl. You know they're worse at home than on the road? I believe it. I think that's the pressure of playing in front of all those clowns <laughs> and you've got everyone in there or it's just a big stadium or it's just dumb luck. Just, <laughs> like dumb luck? I think that team comes together better maybe or something like that too. Okay. Peyton Manning. Getting there. Done-ish. How long left? This is last less, year? Less time than I thought. This is last year? Peyton Manning. What do you see when you watch the film? How, like... His how, arm's regressing. How regressing, much is his regressing. arm hurting him, though? We know his arm's hurting him, but then he, he wins the Kansas City game. Great backdoor cover. They're 2-0. Obviously, is a good defense. We like Shane Ray. We like Von Miller. We like DeMarcus, DeMarcus Ware, either found a... Fountain of Youth or came across Victor Conti in the offseason, if you catch my drift. That's, for those of you who don't know, that's Barry Bonds' Balco personal <laughs> nutritionist, quote-unquote. DeMarcus Ware looks like a beast. He looks like he's been hanging out with D'Angelo Williams in the offseason. They both look trim and aggressive. We like Denver's defense, even without pork chop. What is Manning's arm? Like A noodle. Okay. A wet noodle. So when he's putting together game-winning drives, what is that? Just perfect precision within 10 yards of the line of scrimmage, basically? Yeah, pretty much. And, and a defense that doesn't have to play him? Yeah. yeah, that's what it is. But you can see that he's not putting up the points he used to. He's not going to be that quarterback anymore. He needs to adapt. And they need a running game. C.J. Anderson's not going to get done. That, that, or the offensive line is not going to get done. The whole team sucks, yeah. <laughs> so if Denver – how far do you see Denver ceiling? Maybe losing in the AFC Championship game? They could still do a lot. I mean, he could still quarterback the team very well. He's still a good captain, but 
But you don't see them beating, like, the Patriots on the road. No, no way. Okay. Or if they somehow got lucky and they got a home playoff game in the AFC Championship, you don't see them beating, like, Seattle or Arizona or no, Green Bay in the Super Bowl. They don't have the same upside. What do you like about their defense? Their defense seems to be one of the best in the league. They got two good cornerbacks and Chris Harris and Tlaib. Yeah, Tlaib. And TJ Ward. has been very good. TJ Ward's a little overrated, but he's good. He can lay the wood, though. Yeah. And their defensive line is fucking scary, and their linebackers. They get after the quarterback. They were getting after Flacco, big time. And speaking of Flacco, he's the anti-Payton Manning to me. He's only good in the playoffs. Yeah. You know Manning's only good in the regular season. Flacco's only good in the playoffs. Yeah. He's, he's all right in the, in the regular season. He wins them games sometimes. There's a lot to like about Flacco, but that team is just not very good right now. I'm still scared of... The Ravens in the playoffs. Oh, he's scared of the Ravens, yeah. Should I be or no? Is this different or is this the same as last year? Um, If they make it to the playoffs, then I could see them being a scary team there because all of a sudden they, things could start firing for them. Jernigan might come back by then. Stuff like so that. So it's the same as last year. If they make the playoffs, they're scary, but they're prob- there's a good chance they won't. Yeah, this is the highest chance you're going to miss the playoffs this year. Okay. So it's about the same, but there's just more of a chance they don't make it. Yeah, okay. there, there's a lot of holes on that team right now. They have no defensive backfield, really. They have Jimmy Smith. Okay. List every team who has a realistic shot of winning the Super Bowl, in your opinion. New England, Green Bay, Seattle, Arizona. Mm. I throw Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh, and then that's yeah. it. That's it for me. I guess you say the Ravens outside shot if they make the playoffs. If they make and get it hot. in, and Joe Flacco like Atlanta, has a, if Atlanta makes it. Atlanta, in. really? Okay, let's go into that. If they think. make it, they can do it because okay. that that offense is not just explosive; it can also grind. I That's think they'd the have to get lucky against Shanahan Green Bay. Offense. Yeah, they'd have to play Seattle at home, or they'd have to get lucky against Green Bay. But it's possible. No, they did beat Green Bay in a no playoff one's game. No one's going to know Seattle once. defense like Dan Quinn. It's a good point. A good point. Him telling the best, one of the best minds in football about the offense, like mm-hmm. how to run it. They, I think they could get hot. Now, most people said that Rex was their favorite coach hire this past offseason. Mine was Dan Quinn. Dan, I like Dan Quinn. Well, the fear was that Dan Quinn only did it for two years because Gus Bradley. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I that was the mean. fear. That he was only D coordinator for two years in Seattle. Well, yeah. you know what? They were two pretty fucking good and years. And it was the same system being run both through both of them, and there was no drop-off. So that they're worried that it was Pete Carroll's thing. It was like a uh, like a Jack Del Rio defensive coordinator, like uh, Mel Tucker or Mike Smith. Both of those guys didn't actually ever call plays. Who's the second-best head coach in the NFL? I'll give you four choices. Mike McCarthy, Pete Carroll, John Harbaugh, Bruce Arians. I want to say John Harbaugh, but... Bruce Arians is just, like, absurd. I made a list the other day, and I put Harbaugh and Carroll as two and three, and then I put Arians at four, and I said, Arians is about two weeks from being number two on this list. Yeah, it's close between all of them. Harbaugh? Not not close between one and two. Yeah. (laughs) But but seriously, I think it's a good question, because people are becoming coordinators. They're not well-rounded head coaches anymore who can control the clock and both sides of the ball and special teams. I think Harbaugh is good because he came... As a special teams yep. coach. And I think Arians is good because he had that interim thing. Well, he was really good in that. He, some people just have that natural talent to lead all factors yep. of the game. Learned under Tomlin a little bit. Yeah. I used to think Tomlin was up there. I like Tomlin still. 
I wouldn't put him in that top tier. Like I think that. he's more of a raw raw guy than a brilliant strategist. I think the players can relate to him. And he he's knows a tough how to, guy. He knows how to delegate. Yeah, that's true. Though Keith Butler doesn't seem to know too much about what he's doing. It looks like LeBeau was better than we all thought. Okay, couple <laughs> quick things, and then I want to do one fun thing, and we'll get out of here. Jadavion Clowney against Khalil Mack. They were the two best defensive players in the draft two years ago. Who would you rather have right now and why? Khalil Mack. Just because of production? More explosive, more... more uh, yeah. Even upside, you're saying? Yeah, I okay. see it. I mean, he's a monster. Now, explain to me what exact position he plays, because I've seen him all over the field. That's exactly the point that makes him good. <laughs> okay. Is he can play inside linebacker, he can play outside linebacker. He can play D-end, almost. Yeah, a weird, he can play In a pass-rushing nickel... Yeah. He can play D-end for sure. He's strong enough despite being smaller okay. than a standard D-end. Okay. Anything else did you want to hit on in the NFL going into this coming week? We're going to start doing more specific games, specific previews, but after two weeks we just wanted to go around the NFL and see where we stood. Is there anything else that strikes out to you before I just hop into this last topic that we're going to hit on to have a little fun? Uh, I'm all set. I think okay. So, yeah. Last topic is uh, based off a conversation that we had last night about the best pro talent ever on a college football team. I I think a pretty obvious example is the University of Miami in 2000 and 2001. Similar, obviously a lot of players played on both teams. This week we're going to hit on 2001. Next week we're going to take a look at 2000. Tell me if – I guess the question is, is there ever been – if all these guys are in their prime, would they be the best team in the NFL today? The hard part is they don't have a quarterback. Look at the guys who were drafted off this team. In 2001 alone, there were 17 first-round picks on the team. Let me repeat that. In 2001 on the University of Miami football team, 17 first-round picks. Not all in the same year, but spread out over a couple years. Andre Johnson, Sean Taylor, Kellen Winslow II, Brian McKinney, Entrell Roll, Jonathan Velma, Jeremy Shockey, Jerome McDougal, Philip Buchanan, DJ Williams, Vernon Carey, Vince Wilfork, Willis McGahey, Ed Reed, William Joseph, Mike Rumpf, and Kelly Jennings. And in the second round, Rocky McIntosh, Clinton Portis, Roscoe Parrish, Frank Gore, and that's a, oh, Najee Davenport. That's about it, and he was a fourth-rounder. That's about it in terms of people we've heard of. The only problem is that the only quarterback is Ken Dorsey, and he was awful in the pros. Yeah, he was So I don't think good. we could say they'd be the best team in the NFL. But with an average quarterback, if you throw Andy Dalton as the quarterback on that team, they're pretty good. Yeah. Have you ever seen anything like that in terms of pro talent on a college team? I know you break no, down a lot of tape. It's not I, even close, right? I don't think right? so, yeah. You can't even take those USC teams with Clay Matthews and Brian Cushing and... Ray Maliel, some of them Luga. didn't really play yeah. that well. Reggie in Bush, college. Matt Liner, Mike Williams, Wendell White, Wendell White. <laughs> Remember, you were supposed to be a good pro. Yeah. The shocking thing to me is that almost every single first round pick from Miami from this team ended up being a good player. Yeah. I mean, who's a bust from this? Um, Mike Rumpf. Jerome McDougal. Jerome McDougal. Yeah, but there's still so many. Will Fork, DJ Williams. Kelly Jennings. Kelly Jennings wasn't very good. Okay. But then you look at the Hall of Famers. Ed Reed. Uh, Vilma's not a Hall of Famer, but he's pretty close. Sean Taylor may have become one, even though you think he's overrated. Brian McKinney's. I mean, they're not Hall of Famers, but like... Entrell Rolls sucks now. Well, he's been in the league a long time. <laughs> yeah, he's old. 
Anyway, we're going to go over some of these college teams who've had the best pro talent of all time, but I don't think it's close. The only one that may compare with them is Miami from 2000, which we'll go over next week. Anything else you wanted to add uh, before we sign off? We're going to be back next week with two podcasts, one looking at the upcoming 2016 draft and one breaking down week three and previewing week four. I'm all set. So. All right, that's it for Colin Dawson, NFL expert. I'm Matt Keller, editor-in-chief of Going Deep Sports. Thanks for listening. Go to goingdeepsports.com. Leave any questions, comments you have in the comments section. Email us at goingdeepsports at gmail.com, and we'll talk to you next week. Thank you.